Welcome to the latest episode of Schneps Connects. Today, we're going to talk real estate. Sustainable mixed-use developments are urban or suburban projects that combine a variety of land uses, such as residential, commercial, retail, office, and recreational spaces, into one cohesive and environmentally responsible development. These developments are designed with a focus on sustainability and aim to create more livable, walkable, and environmental-friendly communities. Today, my guest is Matt Schwartz, who is the co-chief executive officer of Domain Companies, and he's here to talk about just that. The Domain Companies is one of the largest, the nation's leading real estate development and investment companies specializing in sustainable mixed-use development. Matt co-founded the Domain Companies with Chris Papamichael in 2004. Over the past 20 years, Matt is involved in over $3 billion of development and capitalization in virtually every sector of the real estate industry. Prior to launching Domain, Matt was a senior VP at Related Capital, an affiliate of the Related Companies. Matt holds a Bachelor of Science degree from the A.B. Freeman School of Business at Tulane University. He actively supports a variety of advisory and nonprofit organizations, including serving as a member of the Business School Council at the A.B. Freeman School of Business, the Board of Greater New Orleans, Inc., the Ogden Museum of Southern Art, the Arts Council of New Orleans, the Idea Village, French Quarter Festivals, and as a former chairman of the board of Liberty's Kitchen. So, Matt, great to have you here. Thanks for joining me. Happy to be here. So, if you can, why don't you just share a little bit more about what it means in terms of sustainable development and why it's important here in New York? Sure. You know, we really see ourselves as being in the community development business. And from the outset of starting a business, Chris and I have always looked for projects that we felt were highly impactful. So undertaking developments that helped to impact the community in a positive way and positively impact the lives of people that live and and work there. And so that has really meant gravitating toward solving problems, whether that's remediating a brownfield site, trying to create or add affordable housing to, to a development create a mix of uses that helps to activate an area, a particular street scene or a a larger portion of a community. And then generally speaking, this has evolved over time, really try to push the envelope in sustainability and and green design. And it seems that you're keeping pretty busy. You have several current projects that recently opened or are currently under development in New York City. I'd love to hear about those. Yeah, very busy in New York right now, a number of different markets. We just opened a project in the Mott Haven section of the Bronx called Estella, two buildings, about 550 units with ground floor retail. And then we have three projects under construction right now, one in Long Island City, about 500 units plus retail, and then two in Gowanus, totaling about 600 units with retail and commercial space. So are most of those, or all of those apartments, are they rental? They're all rental. They're all sites that were brownfields or brownfield adjacent. We're taking the sites full circle from that condition to projects that maximize sustainability and green design. They're all mixed income, so they include varying levels of affordability, but they all include affordable housing. And then they all, uh, from, a, from an activation and a placemaking perspective, really focused on adding to that street scene and 
uh, layering in a, a mix of uses on the ground floor that are beneficial for the entire neighborhood. You know, it's great to see Gowanus moving forward and development starting. I don't know if you can talk a little bit about what's happening in the community with your project and, and things around it. Yeah, so the effort in Gowanus has been a long time coming, certainly really decades in the making and has really picked up momentum. The rezoning effort over the past five years or so, we're very involved in, in that process and helping to advocate for it. It's a very impactful initiative for New York, not only because of the desperately needed housing and affordable housing that it's going to deliver at a significant volume, but a variety of other community benefits not the least of which is cleaning up a canal, a contaminated canal that has held that area back for some time. It's a pretty unique area as far as rezonings go. We've been involved in a number of them in New York, from the Long Island City waterfront to Greenpoint, Williamsburg, where we've seen these former manufacturing areas repurposed into mixed-use districts, oftentimes adjacent to existing residential areas and, and convenient to employment centers or public transportation. I think that Gowanus is interesting in that it's a basically a, a two-mile strip of land on either side of the canal, bordered by two of the most established neighborhoods in, in Brooklyn, right? Carroll Gardens and, and Park Slope. And then, of course, as you get to the end of the canal, continuing on a short distance from downtown. So pretty exciting in terms of those adjacencies. And I think the the speed at which things are are moving in that area is partly attributed to that. Really exciting to see the momentum that Gowanus has and where it's headed. So it's got to be challenging when you're, you know, deciding, you know, what kind of projects to take on, particularly if they're on brownfields or, you know, have other issues related. How do you really know what you're getting into before starting on a project? A lot of diligence and a, a lot of homework. As I said, though, I, I think we really gravitate toward those more challenging projects or the the problem solving uh, nature of it really what we're looking to do is find unique ways to unlock value trying to identify those opportunities that maybe others haven't seen or haven't tried to take advantage of because of the complexity we tend to like that kind of stuff and i think we've built a team that's uniquely equipped both within domain and the partners that we've worked with over now almost 20 years to take on those challenges and try to create that value. Besides that challenge, I mean, how have you find other challenges doing development work in New York City? Well, New York is certainly a challenging market. I think, you know, a, a lot of companies that in our space that have been successful elsewhere have struggled to replicate that success or just stayed away altogether. You know, it's it's a market that moves quickly and those movements can be extreme. It's highly competitive. It's expensive to operate, expensive to build. And there is an ever-changing political landscape and regulatory landscape that can make it even harder to operate in, in New York. So I, I think the key for us over the 20 years that we've been working in the market has really been to create a, a great team of experts in, in their field. So whether that's in legal, environmental, architecture, construction, really every partner that we've had on the banking and investment side, I think are some of the best in the space. And I think in, in our business or any business, relationships are everything, especially when we're 
navigating tumultuous markets like we are now, having history with those partners is essential. And I think that's what's enabled us to be successful in the market. Do you have a lot of office space in your portfolio? We don't have a, a lot of office space. We've developed some office product that's complementary to the larger mixed-use strategy. So we really, the business started focused on affordable and mixed-income housing and public-private partnerships. And over the years, we've branched off into a variety of other products. So retail, restaurant spaces, especially where they're critical to placemaking within a larger development, a variety of different hospitality products. And then we built a creative office platform, really a co-working platform called The Shop, which is really a, a very place-based co-working platform that we've incorporated into those larger mixed-use developments. So we launched the, that business actually in New Orleans. We opened up our second location in Salt Lake City, and now we have our first location in New York that uh, is being built in Gowanus as part of our 420 Carroll development. Oh, that's great to know. And there, who knows, maybe very soon there'll be a lot more demand for that product if, uh, if another company goes under. Yeah, certainly uh, an, an interesting space to be in right now. But all of those properties for us have performed incredibly well. I think at the outset of the pandemic, people in, in that side of the business were sweating it out a little bit. But I think what's really happened is it's improved the demand for that product. We've only seen things strengthen, at least with our properties post-pandemic. And we think it's very complementary to the larger strategy and, and products that we're focused on on developing. So it's a nice tool to have for us. Talk about any like community development programs or initiatives that you have as well. Sure. Well, as I mentioned, we really consider ourselves to be in the community development business. So that approach informs everything we do from our product to the way we operate the product, how we run the company, but over the years, we've we've organized that effort into a number of different programs. And a lot of them actually have their roots in our experience post-Katrina in New Orleans, working in the recovery and the developments in those early years. Mm. Two of the pillars of that program, I say, are, are my domain program and my community program. So in those post-Katrina years, we, we were getting those projects off the ground. And the hope there was really that the larger scale developments would be catalytic in the neighborhoods that we were working in. And when we finally got momentum going, we were hit head on with the financial crisis that really just slowed down a lot of the other development that was taking place in that area. We realized that the impact we could have as a project was far greater than just the real estate investment itself. It was the hundreds of thousands of residents that were living there and the purchasing power that they ultimately had. So we created My Domain, which was a program to help support local businesses and drive that spending toward local businesses in those markets. It was very effective after Katrina, helping to support a lot of, it could be restaurants, dog groomers, dry cleaners, whatever it may be that, that were in those areas trying to get off their, uh, get, really get back on their feet. And uh, it just became a part of everything we do for every project we do when we move into a new neighborhood. So in every market we have now, I think we have well in excess of 100 businesses. We move into a new neighborhood for us, a, a new market for us like Mothaven, and that becomes inherent in that strategy in introducing our product and trying to create that connectivity 
in those neighborhoods. My community is a similar program, but focused on nonprofits. But then dialing back to that post-Katrina experience, we found ourselves chasing a lot of issues and partnering with a lot of organizations without a lot of uh, organized framework behind what we were trying to do. So it can be a community cleanup one day trying to work on blight issues or just help support organizations involved in, in more of a social service type approach. And what we did there was partnered with the on-site teams with each of our projects to help identify the organizations that they felt were making the greatest impact in those neighborhoods. And then every property that we have, when we sign a lease or renew a lease, we give our tenants the tell a story about those organizations and give them the option to choose one of those organizations that we make a donation to that organization. And then periodically show our tenants or members, in, in the case of our commercial properties, where that money is going and, and the impact that those organizations are, are having. And our community engagement group, it's a, a group within a uh, team within domain, helps to identify organizations that we could help with more than just those financial contributions. So those could be community days we're doing as a company, volunteer time off days that our employees have, uh, but really looking for opportunities to lend some of our technical expertise to those organizations, if that's in construction or operations or whatever it may be to help them advance their mission. So we've we've been able to partner with a lot of great organizations doing great work, very diverse across a number of different communities and areas of focus. So another core uh, pillar of our engagement efforts. That's terrific. So are you from New Orleans or was it your time at Tulane that kept you connected to the city? It was it was Tulane. So Chris and Chris and I met at Tulane. We're actually both from New York. Met at Tulane, came back to New York and started a business in New York. I was at Related. Chris worked for WM Malkin family and Crescent Heights. So we had a, a real New York-centric background in, in the real estate industry. And we had launched the company, really left our jobs in 2004, been working on it for a couple of years before that. And then Katrina happened in 2005. So our focus at the time, again, was on affordable and mixed income housing. That's really what was needed in, in that market to support the recovery. And that's how that became really the, the second market that we became involved in. That's terrific. No, it's nice to hear because I see that you're also involved with the culturals there, which is terrific. Yeah. So you've done a lot of work, obviously, in New York City. I'd love to just hear a little bit more about the Mott Haven project because it seems like there's a lot happening in the Bronx. And, you know, I know you gave kind of just a brief overview, but if you can just share exactly where that project is and maybe a little bit more about it. Sure. South Bronx is is really exciting. You know, that's an area that people have been talking about in terms of, you know, one of the next potential areas for development for years. It's been slow to come together. That area was actually rezoned in, in 2009. So unlike some other neighborhoods where you see the level of activity we see in Gowanus right after the rezoning takes place, it really took some time to generate momentum there. Mm. I think the city's effort dating back about five, six years or so to launch the lower concourse infrastructure plan and then target a number of RFPs in, in that area, including 425 Grand Concourse and Bronx Point, I really started to get the ball rolling in, in that area. And I think that that part of the South Bronx, the Mount Haven neighborhood in the South Bronx, has all of the ingredients 
that have made some of these outer borough areas successful. You have direct waterfront access and a significant investment that's being made right now in opening up that access and expanding park space. Incredible public transportation between yep. uh, the express subways and Metro North uh, running right through through that area. And I think what's what's interesting about that area as compared to some of the others that we talked about is the, the level of activity that was already there before that momentum started to, to take place. So the infrastructure in terms of schools, hospitals, grocery stores, just general activity in, in that neighborhood is tremendous. And I think uh, really helps support an accelerated development of that neighborhood. And, and we're excited to be there. That's that's a part of New York that is just so culturally rich and exciting in terms of the, the restaurants that were there. We're walking distance from Yankee Stadium, not that far from Randall's Island. And so it's just been very exciting to, to work there. And we've had a lot of fun partnering with local artists in that neighborhood. Really cool thing about that project is you walk in there and there's art covering every corner of the space and it's all local and almost all out of out of really that that micro neighborhood so from graffiti to to painting to textiles to the furniture in the space so many different mediums it's been a lot of a lot of fun to work on that project yeah that's great listen it's terrific to hear you as you know a developer getting involved in the community and really looking to see how you can make these projects more relevant and beneficial into each neighborhood what would you say is next for you guys? What, what's on the horizon that you can share? Our strategy in community development has really been not to necessarily chase deals or sites, but to make a, a series of continued investments in the neighborhoods that we're working in that feed off of each other. So you know, Long Island City is certainly a, an established market at, at this point, but we see a number of different opportunities there and are excited to continue to invest in that neighborhood. Um, but really excited about the momentum in Mott Haven and Gowanus. And you know, we expect that we'll continue to be focused on, on those areas in terms of our activity in New York. I think the, the biggest challenge that you know, anybody in our industry and that focuses on our product, or there's plenty of challenges in, in this environment right now, but one of the biggest is, is 421A, the, the replacement of 421A. And I think until there's clarity on you know what direction that's going to go and what that's going to look like, that'll slow down our ability to generate new pipeline and continue to invest in those markets. But we're optimistic that that's coming in some form or fashion, and that'll really enable us to get going again in investing in those areas. And that'll definitely be a focus of ours. Yeah, Matt, explain that because everybody in the industry knows what the 421A is, but a lot of people, the general public don't. Just explain briefly what it is and, and how it leads to more investment. Sure. So 421A is a tax abatement program that provides long-term tax abatement. The old program was 35 years, including the, the phase out in exchange for providing affordable housing. And that really is the only mechanism when essential mechanism to create rental housing in New York City. So in, in, until we have a replacement program to generate tax abatements on newly constructed rental housing, uh, there just simply won't be new rental housing built. And so there is you know, some debate right now in terms of what the requirements will be in for an extension or replacement to that program, which is currently expired. 
And that ultimately needs to be replaced to get the pipeline of new projects and to enable developers to start generating more housing. Obviously, we have an affordability crisis in in New York right now. And the way to solve that is by simply by producing more, more units, certainly more affordable units, but just more rental units, period. And so until we have those those mechanisms that allow us to do that, really we're only going to see the problem exacerbated. And so we're hopeful that there's a solution on the table soon. Yeah, thanks for explaining that because a lot of people don't understand, A, what 421A is, and B, you know, what is the impact? Sure. Well, Matt, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for sharing, you know, all the work that you guys are doing and, and looking forward to uh, seeing how all these projects come to fruition. Great. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. Nice to meet you. Yeah, likewise. My pleasure. Thanks for joining the Schneps Connects podcast. To listen to our podcast, visit podcast.schnepsmedia.com or stream us on all major podcast networks. <laughs>